Good morning and welcome to Diversity Facebook live stream. I am Pastor Virginia and we are excited to reach out to you to offer you an opportunity to join us for worship this day. I am reading the verse Psalm 18 verse 3 that says in part that I will call upon the name of the Lord for he is worthy to be praised. I want you to stand to your feet right now. We are excited to be able to worship the one true God from right where we are. And as we are thinking on the goodness of the Lord, I want you to begin to form those words of who he is to you and to begin to feel, fill your atmosphere. Thank you, Lord. Fill your atmosphere with the words of adoration for the one true King. Lord God, we love you. You are worthy of the praise. You deserve all the glory. These are the things that we are proclaiming about our Father. And I just want you to be in agreement with me so we are on the same page about how awesome our God is. Lord, we thank you for your scripture, for your word, for your, your calling on our lives. We thank you for our blessings. We thank you for the provisions that we do not deserve. Come into this service like a mighty flood. Come into this service and prepare the way for your children. Prepare our hearts to receive your word, dear God. Prepare our hearts to receive the, the change that will come in knowing the word and how to apply it to our lives. Thank you for Pastor James and for his passion in learning your word and figuring out how to apply it so that we understand it better. Lord God, I pray you would touch the praise and worship team, Lord God, as the songs begin to ring out, that you would anoint them, that we are able to be ministered to through song as well. We pray that everything we do brings you glory. Diversity, stand to your feet and begin to praise the Lord for he is good and worthy to be praised. In Jesus' mighty name, we worship you and we exalt you. Amen. Come on, Diversity. Give the Lord a hand and welcome the praise team.
Welcome to Diversity Church, the perfect church for imperfect people. I'd like to welcome our Diversity partners, first-time guests, and those joining us online. Please don't forget to like, share, and ask questions. Well, at Diversity, we believe that no matter your background, color of your skin, what you have been through in the past, or even your current location, whether you're watching me from the comfort of your own home, on your couch, in your car, on your phone, it doesn't matter because we have all gathered together to give who God the glory, honor, and the praise for he deserves it. Amen. Amen. At this time, I'd like to make you aware of some very important announcements. We're going to start this week off with our kids ministry meeting this Tuesday for the kids Zoom call. They do Bible study. They do prayer. They talk. They have a fun time together. So I want to see all my kids 7 p.m. this Tuesday night. Wear your pajamas. Bring a sleep buddy. Bring a toy for show and tell. And we're going to have some fun together. Can't wait to see you 7 p.m. this Tuesday night. Then I'm calling all of my salt ministry to meet this Wednesday, 2.15 for prayer. Can't wait to see you there. Wednesday night, 7 p.m., we have our Aftershock Youth Ministry that will meet for Bible study. They have a wonderful time studying the Word of God and just diving deeper and just getting closer to the Lord. So we want to see youth 7 p.m. this Wednesday night. And what a perfect time to just, as we're on this fast, to do fasting and prayer. So I want to see you this Thursday for prayer. We're going to meet on Zoom, or you can meet us on Facebook Live, 7 p.m. Don't forget, share share the link, and also share with us your praise reports and your prayer requests. We want to hear from you. We want to hear what God is doing in your life. And we also want to pray with you. I am calling all of my ladies this Saturday. We are going to meet for Bible study. Let's join at 12 o'clock. I want to see you on the Zoom call ready to just connect with the ladies, talk about the word of God and have a wonderful time with one another. So ladies, I can't wait to see you this Saturday at 12 o'clock for women's Bible study. Then we're going to be right back here on Sunday morning for a virtual service. During this time, we are going to learn about spiritual disciplines. And God is speaking to Pastor James and he is imparting into us all the things that God is speaking to him. And I am telling you, I have had just a wonderful time studying and diving deeper into the word of God. And so I am asking you to join me this Sunday, 1030 a.m. for our virtual service. Come ready, come excited, and let's just go to the Lord in prayer and just have a wonderful time connecting with one another via um, virtual, via the virtual world. Well, that's all that I have for you today. Come on, church. Let's get ready to just get excited as we're in this fast. We have completed seven days of the fast. And I am excited. God is opening doors and moving. So join me. Pray every day. Look for those videos that are coming out. We have had just a wonderful time seeing those videos come out from Diverse City on our website, on our church page, on Facebook Live, on YouTube. And we have been having a wonderful time just pushing away the plate so we can grow closer to the Lord. 
So join us as we do our corporate fast together. Church, have a wonderful week. We can't wait to hear from you. Have a blessed week. We'll talk to you soon. Good morning, everybody, and welcome, welcome, welcome back. Welcome back. It's been it's been a, uh, a magnificently blessed, uh, we're a little over halfway through the fast, so it's been a blessed couple of weeks, and I'm just excited to be here. I really am. I'm excited to be in the place that God has us today. Um, we are, uh, we're doing it. We're doing it, and we're doing it because of you. If I can have a transparent moment, we're doing it because of you. Um, sometimes we... It's easy to get distracted and we look back or we're looking from like the outside in and we forget like um, like the nuts and bolts of it. You know, it's easy just to drive a car around and uh, not understand the mechanics that make that car move. Um, so I try to, I try, as much as like we're involved in like the nuts and bolts of this, this body, this ministry, it's important that, that you understand how it works and that it doesn't work without you. I'm not just talking about your money. I'm not just talking about all that, your gift and everything that you give on a weekly basis. And I'm talking about with, with, with the connectivity, um, your involvement with each other, and especially in these times during last year and going into this year that we're not connected like we, we have been used to. Um, we need you guys. And we need to, more than that, we need to be the church. And we need to realize that God has called us to purpose. And that purpose is going out in the mission field, going out into the world and being uh, the church that everybody is trying to shame. Everybody is trying to corrupt. Everybody is trying to run the name through the ground. Um, knowing that the God that we serve has called us to a higher purpose and he has given us the tools and resources beyond the four walls of the church. We've seen that through last year when we weren't together in the church. Uh, we've seen that God has provided still, okay? He rained down manna from heaven, literally. And uh, we're in a good position because God is on the throne and he's in control no matter what happens, no matter who sits in office or who doesn't. So I encourage us today. I, you hear those words from me or someone else every week we say we encourage. Um, but continue to pour, continue to pour, continue to push um, because we do need you. And this ministry is expanding and it's expanding and God is going to do some magnificently great things in 2021. You know, as you've been going through this fast, purging yourself or uh, abstaining from certain things, um, the scripture of Matthew 5 comes to my mind and it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So know that whatever you are, are lacking, whatever you are purposely putting aside, uh, God is going to reveal things to you if you desire it. He's going to fill that gap, that void. A lot of us are walking through not only this fast or just through life feeling empty and we're lacking so many things that we don't understand why. And if you ask God to fill you, fill that void, he will. He will. Um, so I hope you continue to join us. We're going to continue to reach out to you and hope you stay plugged in. Uh, whatever you all need, reach out to one of us and we'll be there for you. Um, remember to text the word DIVERSE to 73256. That's the text line. You can go to diversity.church, scroll down to donate. 
some of y'all probably got this memorized by now because I say it every week. Or you can mail it into 3201 Itasca Street. That's right. Pray with me, saints. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this opportunity to be alive today. God, you're awesome. You're amazing, Lord God. Father, even though it feels like sometimes we're stranded in a desert, Lord God, that's barren and famine is in the land. Father, you always rain down manna from heaven, God, and you always provide. So, Father, I just thank you so much. Father, I pray, Lord, that we're able to just uh, come out of this fast, Lord God, with the new newness of life, Lord God, a new walk, a new talk, Lord God, new eyes, new vision. And, Father, I just thank you so much, so much that you have us in the palm of your hand, Jesus. Father, you're so good to us, and we don't deserve it. Father, while so many other churches are closing and so many other, for whatever reasons, Lord God, economic or whatever reasons, Father, you have kept us alive in so many ways. So, Lord, I thank you so much. We give you praise. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Enjoy the rest of the service. Continue to reach out and stay plugged in. We love you.
Good morning, good morning, good morning, Diverse City. It is great to be here today. I am excited to bring forth God's word to his people. Listen, right now in the comments, I need to know how you're doing. You have completed two weeks of the fast. Give yourself a hand. Come on now. Let me know in the comments. How are you feeling? Let me know how you're doing. If you got a testimony, if you got a praise report. Matter of fact, if you got a prayer request, this is your time right now to engage. Let us know we are in this together. DCC strong. Because our fast has a purpose. And I'm excited to see what God is doing in our church, through your family, in our homes, and in our lives. Because 2021 is going to be awesome. I don't care what's going on in the news. I don't care what's going on in this city, that city. But for as for me and my house, we will see the promises of the Lord. We will receive the blessings of the Lord from my house to yours. Let's do this together. Amen. So, as we kind of roll through this, our corporate fast, just, just maybe we have a few newcomers or somebody that maybe has neglected the fast and you want to jump on right now, there is still time. You can hit these last seven days. We fast at Diverse City because we believe that we are giving God our first to receive his best. Again, we are giving God our first in January, the first month of the season, our first fruits to make a sacrifice before God, to express our desires to be more like him, to receive his blessings, to align with his promise. And you can do it too. And we can do it together. So we together during January, as we move through this last week of the fast, we're giving him our first to receive his best. Amen. So a part of that, during the entire month of January, we have kicked off a new series. This is installment number three of Spiritual Discipline. Go ahead and put that slide on the screen. Say it with me. Spiritual Discipline. Come on, put it in the comments. Spiritual Discipline. What does that mean? It is saying that the hunger of our soul is greater than any degree of satisfaction that our flesh, that our finances, that our family, that our friends can give us, that we desire within our knower, within our spirit, that deep causes out to deep, that we want to be more like God. So spiritual discipline is us training to submit to the perfect will of God. Come on. So right now, if you are ready for installment number three, I want you to put yes, God, in the comments. Come on. I want to see it. Put yes, God, in the comments. And after you have done that, make sure you like, make sure you share. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and go ahead and find our theme verse for this series, which is 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7 and 8. Again, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Read from your translations, but what you're going to see on the screen is our good news translation. Go ahead and put it up real quick. It says, but keep away from those godless legends which are not worth telling. 
Keep yourself in training for a godly life. Verse number eight, physical exercise has some value, but spiritual exercise is valuable in every way because it promises life both for the present and for the future. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. Lord, we are excited for what you have to say with your people. Lord, we come with great expectation as we crucify our flesh that there is a word for a appointed time in this season for the church, for America, that we may decrease, that you may increase that if our people who are called by your name will humble themselves and pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked nays, then you're able to hear from heaven. Then we can receive your promise. Then you're able to restore our nation. So Lord, today as we go through our spiritual discipline exercise, Lord, allow it for us to apply it. Lord, I pray that every listener will be encouraged, that every listener will be edified, that you will be glorified, and that the enemy will be horrified based on the transformation of your people. We thank you in advance, for you are great, and you are greatly to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So again, we are in part three, but let's just kind of give a recap as we work through it, because faith comes by hearing and reading the Word of God. So First, last week, we talked about prayer, and you could put this definition on the screen. It says, prayer is a mental, written, or oral communication with God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ the Son and with the assistance of the Holy Spirit. That's what prayer is. Again, prayer is a mental, written, or oral communication with God the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son, and with the assistance of the Holy Spirit. See, when it comes to spiritual discipline, prayer is like the legs. We cannot skip leg day. It is our foundation. It keeps us strong. It keeps us stable. Listen, don't miss this. Prayer is the only proof that you believe in God. Prayer is the only proof that you believe in God. Prayer is selfless. Prayer goes against the flesh. Prayer keeps our walk tight with him. Prayer keeps our walk fresh with God. Prayer teaches us the voice of God. And no relationship, all relationships require communication. Prayer is not just a dialogue where we talk to him, but God will actually talk to you. But you got to pray. You got to keep going after him as deep calleth to deep. Our soul hungers and longs for him. And then in week number one, we talked about fasting. Go ahead and put our definition on the screen. Fasting is a way to demonstrate to God and to ourselves that we are serious about our relationship with him. You need to prove it to God. And most of all, you need to prove it to yourself that you are serious about your relationship with him. You've been serious about your job. You've been serious about your kids. You've been serious about your spouse. And God is saying, when will we as a church get serious about him? 
See, when we fast and pray, we see our walk with God go to a whole nother level. When we fast and pray, God sees it. God honors it and God rewards it. Amen. When you put both together, the Bible talks about that some things only change. Some things only come out by prayer and fasting. Not if you pray, but when believers, when followers, when disciples decide to pray. See, that prayer is when we connect to God. But when we fast, we are disconnecting from the world. It is changing our frequencies. It is resetting our focus. It is realigning our commitment with him. Maybe we messed up, but God is saying when you fast and we pray, we get another chance. Not just a second, a third. We're working on our thousand. It don't don't matter how many times. His grace is sufficient for you when we make a conscious effort to turn around for him. But if we can be honest, come on, where's all my honest people, even my dishonest people? I need you to pay attention. Sometimes when we pray, our prayers only focus on me, myself, and I. Sometimes when I pray, I pray out of anxiousness. Sometimes when I pray, I pray out of anger. If I can be honest, sometimes when I pray, I pray out of envy. Sometimes when I pray and I look at the news, I pray out of fear. And we get upset. Why? Because we don't get the answer that we want. And you say, you know what? I don't know about this praying thing. I don't know about this fasting thing. Matter of fact, we're virtual. I don't know about this church thing. I can do bad all by myself. And God is saying in January, get back on course. In January, get back on the path. There is still time. There are still opportunities for your purpose to be alive and well. Don't get in your feelings. It's time for us to get in faith. Put this on the screen, 1 Timothy chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 5 verse 14. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, he hears us, he hears us. Stop doubting if he hear if if God hears. No, it's not bouncing off the ceiling and coming back down. God said, I can hear it. But in verse number 15, it says, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have asked about him. Oh, let me rephrase that. At, and if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So this removes our doubt of when we make our petitions, when we make prayers of intercession, when we make prayers of supplication, if God can hear us. The problem is, the core issue of this is that we don't like the answer. I only like when God responds with a yes. Come on, if you believe that, if you're going to be honest, put it in the comments, put one hand up. I only like when God says a yes. I got issues when he says not yet. I got issues when I told him to help 
and he told me to be the answer. I got issues when God says, not yet. I got issues when he tells me, trust me. And I definitely got issues when he say no. And see, as we talked about last week, the church of Laodicea was in the same situation because they became lukewarm because they couldn't handle a delay. That we see in the church of Laodicea said, you know what? We doing all right. We're still going to heaven, but they're not experiencing God's promises on earth. And as we discuss these type of prayers, the prayers that God answers are hot prayers. When we're humble, when we're honest, when we're open, when we're obedient, when we're transparent with him. So let's go back to that passage because I only got about halfway through and let's just kind of work our way through this. Revelations chapter 3 and verse 15. Hurry up. Revelations. It is the last book in the Bible. Just turn to the back, flip it over. Chapter number 3, page 968. Promise. I felt that in the spirit. Revelations chapter 3. And let's go to verse number 15. Put this on the screen. It says, I know... All the things you do, this is God talking, that you are neither hot or cold. I wish you were one or the other. Uh oh. Verse number 16. But since you are like, since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Ooh, somebody say, ouch. Somebody say, oh. See, this is a tough one. So when God is talking to these people, this is a church. He's not talking to the world. He is talking to a church. The people of this time, the people of this church, their heart was jacked up. They have become independent of God. They had knowledge, but their heart was not postured for God. They've lost their focus because of the cares of this world. And God is saying when we look at lukewarm, it is, it is describing the state of our relationship with him. See, lukewarm is when you become complacent. Lukewarm is when things of God, you become nonchalant. It's like, mm, mm, mm. lukewarm is when we become indifferent lukewarm when we say I've been a deacon Tony and I'm just familiar you know we're gonna do our thing we're gonna do prayer we're gonna come to church we're gonna pay our tithes but it's just kind of and God is saying you have to be careful I have to be careful as a pastor we have to be careful for all my super saints senior saints that our temperature that our gauge in our walk with Christ is not lukewarm Because in the place of lukewarm is where it breeds and it can cultivate sexual immorality. It's in a place where lustful pleasures can take root. Lukewarm is a place where idolatry can set in. 
Lukewarm is a place where jealousy and pride and anger and selfish ambition and division and envy, you name it. Go read Galatians chapter 5 verse 19 through 20. All of it grows. All of it, we pour and fertilize seed for it when it's lukewarm. See, when you're hot, those things have to die. When it's hot, those things have to go away. But when it's lukewarm, when that temperature is just right, not hot enough to hurt you, not cold enough to freeze you, but it's just right, we become passive and we look around and see that a little leaven destroys the whole lump. A little leaven, like my kids, a little poop in the toilet and don't flush it. I don't know where that came from. Sorry. The church of Laodicea, the church of 2020, where we get comfortable and enjoy our material blessings, and it leads us to a place of false security and independence from God. Lukewarm. When it's lukewarm, chaos begins to come. We don't notice it in the seed form, but then when it's chaos and all things are popping off, you say, how did that happen? Lukewarm nation. Lukewarm house. Lukewarm watching on that show on Netflix. Lukewarm based on the notifications you clicked on. Lukewarm based on the subscription fees that we have. And until it becomes a massive problem, then we want to address it, right? Because when the serpent comes, it's below our feet. But if we allow the serpent to stay in a lukewarm environment, in Genesis, it was under our feet, but in Revelations, now it's a dragon. And we say, how did it happen? Lukewarm. And it looks like it has overtaken us, but we have a great big God. Matter of fact, in Jeremiah chapter 29, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you right now. Right now, the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you. Plans to prosper you. Hear it again. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Doesn't that sound good to anybody? Number 12, but listen here, then you will call on me. Mm. Then you will call on me. When we catch God's vision for our life in 2020 and understanding that he can use our misery and turn it into ministry, that he can use our misery and turn it into a message, that he can use our pain to repackage it as purpose, then you will call unto me Mm. and come and pray to me and I will listen. And look at verse number 13. It says, and you will seek me and find me when you seek me, uh uh-oh, with all your heart. See, what God was trying to say and what God really wants for us, we know we have a purpose for our fast. We know we got to see things that we want to see God move and whether it's business and family and our marriage and all of these things. And God is saying, I can do it, but 
I need your heart. I need your heart. Not just your spirit. You're going to heaven. We've already taken care of that. But can I, for the next seven days as we go on this fast, can I have your heart? Will you be humble? Will you be open? Will you be transparent with me? Your heart. Can God have our heart? See, our heart is the most deceitful thing, and we think we're right, and God is saying we got to make a change. And if you go to verse number 18 back in Revelations, this verse right here messed me up, and we may just stay right here because I can preach this for the next three hours. Go ahead and put this on the screen. It says, so I advised you, don't miss this part, to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire, then you will be rich. I can't even move past that. Again, look at this. So I will advise you to buy gold from me. Oh, it's going to cost something. Buy gold, not from them, not from the pawn shop, not from K Jewelers, but to buy gold from me that has been purified, it's going to be clean. It is holy. It is from me. And so as we talked about last week and kind of move into some new stuff, that it is our hot prayers, that sacrifice prayers, that when we buy purified fire as we make sacrifice, it is a heart and it is a mind, it is a spirit, and as we make confessions before him, It is adoration when we have appreciation for the things that he has done. It's when we say, Lord, cleanse me. Lord, have your way. Purify me. Mold me into your image. I have thoughts that are not like you. I have thoughts that are not pleasing to you. I have actions that are not pleasing to you. I know better and I did wrong anyway. Lord, I confess that is a part of us making an exchange to buy gold from him. See, it's through our confession that we get real and get transparent with based on how we feel. As we discussed, David had issues a lot of issues. David got in the middle of a lot of situations, but the thing that's different from David and other people, he had a pure heart. He was willing to tell it like it is. Yep, I messed up. Yep, I slept with her. Yep, I didn't like this person. He was willing to get clean. He was willing to get humble, open, and transparent before God. And we see over and over that favor ain't fair. We see over and over that God gives him another chance. And see, we, we, when we stay lukewarm or when we stay to the point where we move even from lukewarm to cold, our heart becomes hardened before God. And see, then we live like the life of Samson, all power, all strength, appointed to be a judge, to rule and to reign, but no confession of sin. We see a fatal attraction. See, the attractions of the heart can become fatal if we're not willing to confess. He had his mom, he had his dad, he had all his other people and say, hey, you better leave her alone. You better stay away from him. And we see over and over again, he lays his head in a situation 
And we see now that his loins have blocked his logic because he wouldn't confess. Again, his loins have blocked his logic because he would not confess. Or we see the King Saul, all power, appointed to be the first king of Israel. But because of pride, because of jealousy, because of envy, whether he sent the prophet, whether he sent other people, whether he had David right there being a model and example, but no confession, he lost it all to the point that he took his own life. Lukewarm to the point that it became cold. What about another person with power? King Solomon. Smartest person to ever live. All power, all authority. 700 wives, 300 concubines. Everything that every man would desire and much more. Every woman that individuals came from all across the land to see how was he doing it? How was he flowing? More money than Jeff Bezos. More money than Steve Jobs. More money than Warren Buffett. And then he get to the point in Ecclesiastes chapter 1. He starts to look around. He said, I got all this money. I got all this fame. Everybody want my chain. Where my name? And he said, I've seen all of these things that are done under the sun. And all of them are meaningless. Vanity. It's like chasing the wind. His heart was not right. And we see because of that stony heart, after him, the kingdom begins to get ripped in half. A broken heart. And God is saying we have to confess our sins because he is faithful to forgive us. I know it's tight, but we got to talk about this when, in January when we're making commitments before God. I want to make this year different, but we got to deal with it. We got to deal with the heart. Because if your heart stays the same, I don't care how much money you get. I don't care if you get the new job. You're going to feel the same way or you're going to see you down the road in the same situation. Buy gold from me. Again, in that second part. So we see first, Papa John, he says, to buy gold from me. But then in the B clause, he says to also buy white garments for me so that you will not be shamed by your nakedness and ointment and for your eyes so you will be able to see. Again, buy, it it messed me up, that we have to buy gold from him, but then we also have to buy white garments from him. And I'm like, Lord, where where do we get this from? How can I obtain something so valuable? How can I obtain something so rich? And God is saying, worship. Yeah. Yeah. Spiritual discipline number three is worship. We've talked about fasting. We've talked about prayer. But worship. Isaiah chapter 61 talks about with our worship that we can get beauty for our ashes, that with our worship, 
that we can give him our mourning and he gives us the oil of joy that with our worship that we can cast before him the spirit of heaviness and he will give us a garment of praise. <clears throat> so the currency for us to be able to buy gold, to buy white garments is worship. Worship becomes the great exchange between us and him, between heaven from earth, from our sin to his righteousness, that worship is the currency to open up a new realm, to open up a new dimension through him. Stay with me. Come on, stay with me. Worship. What is your idea of worship? We have to unpack that because normally what happens is we view worship primarily, Tony, for corporate worship. And the thing is, corporate worship is important, it's valuable, and my church folks, just like me, we evaluate corporate worship based on expression. Oh, did you see sister so-and-so, how they lift their hands? Did you see deacon so-and-so, how they dance before the Lord? Oh, did you hear Miss Stephanie? She hit that note. She was in worship. And we start to judge hearts of worship by expressions. We get real churchified, countryfied chicken, all of it, by expressions. And God is saying that we can do expressions, but miss the intimacy. We love expressions. We love emotions. We want to see it. We want to hear it. We want to display it. And God is saying real worship is about intimacy. Into me you see. Worship. Corporate is good. Corporate shouldn't be minimized. It is important. It is valuable. It's when in corporate worship, when I see somebody going in that it rubs off on me and I rub off on them and we can show them and I can teach you how to do it. I can teach you how to dance. I can teach you how to play. I can't teach you how to sing. I'll get somebody else to help you with that. We can show expressions, but the intimacy, the state of the heart, it is personal. See, corporate worship is good, but what is God is saying in 2021, it is personal worship. Personal worship gives us a holistic view, a comprehensive take on what real worship should be. Come on now, pay attention. I want to teach today. I want to teach today. I'm not going to, I'm trying not to get too excited, but I want to teach today. Personal worship. See, when we get the personal right, Dad, it will overflow into our corporate worship. When we get the personal worship right, it will overflow into corporate. But we try to correct the corporate worship. But God is saying fits the personal, and they can't help to do it corporately. 
Because it's something they've been practicing. It's something they've been doing. It is something that happens seven days a week that when we come together two hours, it ain't nothing but a thing because I've been practicing. I've been working it day and night because I have a heart for God. See, we talked about this in week one. Now I really want to park on it. When we think about worship, I cannot go past Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Again, we know this, but you can see it on the screen. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and I'm reading from the NIV. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, which is holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. See, there's three things I see. Well, two things I see in verse number one, and then we're going to read number two. When it comes to personal worship, Pastor Dean, worship, personal worship, we see in this verse the motivation of worship. Let me explain that. The motivation of worship. We must be motivated by the mercies of God. We get motivated by stimulus checks. We get motivated by promotions. We get motivated by gifts. God is saying, are you really motivated about the mercy that I have given to you? See, when we look at worship, the Latin derivative of worship means worth Ship. When we worship, we are expressing and showing the worth of his mercies in your life. <laughs> worship is about what we give because what he has already given. We express our worth to him. Wow. Question. So how valuable is God's mercy in your life? Right now in the comments, get this ready. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name a few things because some, some of us need to be reminded like we forgot everything from 2020 and before and now 2021, we're coming with a clean start. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind you of a few things that the mercy of God has made available to you. And when you hear something that you identify with, when you hear something that you are thankful for, I want you to put amen in the comments. I better see like 200 amens. First of all, the mercy of God makes eternal love available for you. The mercy of God makes the eternal grace available for you. The mercy of God makes everlasting peace available for you. The mercy of God makes eternal joy available for you. The mercy of God makes the saving grace available for you. The mercies of God makes the saving faith for you. I better see amens all in this comments. The mercy of God makes forgiveness available for you. The mercy of God makes reconciliation available for you. The mercy of God makes justification, sanctification, freedom, and so much more. How much is his mercy worth to you? Personal worship. That's why I worship. It's more valuable than anything that I can obtain and have 
on this earth. And when we have the knowledge of true worship and what is available for you, I don't need them. That becomes my primary core, my central motivation to lift my hands, my central motivation to do my dance, my central motivation to sing songs and praises and hymns to him. The mercy of God, that becomes our motivation of worship. See, here's the thing. Unfortunately, if we can be real, just for five minutes, maybe 55. Unfortunately, in most churches, whether you're in person or online, half of the congregation intentionally shows up after worship. We show up after worship. We show up after tithes and offering. And God told me to tell you today that in a corporate or a virtual setting, the only thing that matters to him, the only thing that is exclusive to him is your worship and your giving. And because of our heart, yes, sometimes we have emergencies. Yes, sometimes we're mad because we don't like the music. And God is saying, the part that is reserved for me, you're missing out on the opportunity. Because we skip giving and we skip worship. God is saying, I don't need the sermon. The sermon is for you. The sermon is for me. The sermon is for all of us. God doesn't need the announcements. He doesn't need to know we got seniors on Tuesdays, uh, youth on Wednesday, corporate prayer. But God is saying, for me, as Lord and Savior over your life, it is exercised through personal worship, through our giving, and our worship to him. You are missing out on the opportunity to attract the Father. You are missing out on the opportunity when he says that he inhabits the praises of his people. You are missing out, whether it's virtual or in person, that God comes to rest and sit and we have his attention and we forget and miss our opportunity for personal worship. My God. Oh, let's go back to verse number one. In the B clause, it says to offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. So first, there's the motivation of worship. But in that part, in the B clause, we see the manner of worship. Again, put that in the comments. First, motivation of worship. I didn't even put it on the slide. I didn't have time. Second, we see the manner of worship. We are presenting all of ourselves. We are presenting all of our body. We are representing him. That is our manner for personal worship to display on this earth. It includes our hearts, our minds, our hands, our thoughts, and our attitude. We present it to God. We do everything unto the Lord. We make these contributions, or if we want to simplify it, we are giving control to him. 
is saying, God, you can get in the car, but you don't have to get ride shotgun or you don't have to get in the back. Matter of fact, I'll scoot over. You drive. That is our manner of worship. So here's the thing. Don't fall out your seat. Personal worship, our greatest reward is God. Think about that. The reward of worship is God. And when God comes, when the Holy Spirit, when we receive him in our life, he is a change agent. He sanctifies. He purifies. And he molds and shapes us into his image. He's able to make us whole. He's able to come in and do what he does. He's able to look at your past and say, I can work this. I can make things new that others will not even be able to tell that you don't look like what you've been through. Because you have me. That I have come to make you whole. It reminds me of um, the leopards, how the Bible talks about in Luke where there was 10 people They had leprosy. All ten were healed, but one was made whole because he had the audacity, the unmitigated gall to say thank you and to worship God. God is saying that he can do a work that he doesn't just want to heal you, that in 2021 he wants to make us whole, that in 2020 I had to show you the wounds because you suppressed it for so long. Now that we see it, now that it's been exposed, you don't have to take a Band-Aid, but God says, in your worship, Dr. Jesus comes to do surgery to make you whole in your worship. Verse number two, put that on the screen. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by renewing, by renewing, by renewing your mind. See, when we renew our mind, you can see it says, then you will be able to test and to prove what is God's, what God's will is good, pleasing, and perfect. So first, we saw the motivation of worship. Second, we see the manner of worship. Verse and number two and point number three, we see the muscle of worship. Oh yeah, we're still in the gym. We're still in the gymnasium of Christ. God is saying worship is like a muscle. You got to work it for it to be able to grow. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to have to be a daily decision for us to be cleansed by God's word and to move out the wisdom of this world, and to receive the wisdom of God. It goes beyond our feelings and our emotions and us getting goosebumps when that song just hit right. God is saying that you need to be renewed in your mind. Again, hold up. Let me grab this real quick. Working out. Oh, working out. God is saying, work it like a muscle by renewing your mind that you have to work it every day. 
Genesis, Exodus, ha, Leviticus, ha, Numbers, ha, Deuteronomy, ha, ooh, Joshua, uh, Judges, ah, uh, Ruth, ah, uh, first and second Samuel, first and second King, ah, uh, first and second uh, Chronicles, first and second Ezra, I mean first Ezra, ah, uh, Ezra, <laughs> Nehemiah, Esther, Job, ah, uh, it's tired, keep going. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, come on, what's next? Hosea, Joel, you ain't got more. There's still more verses. There's still more chapters. There's still more word that you can do to renew your mind. Amos, Obadiah. Jonah, mm, Micah, I'm still in the Old Testament. Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Nope, I got a New Testament for you. Matthew, Mark, Luke. If you just can see what I'm doing, if you could just see, I know you don't feel like it. But I'm working on something. I know it hurts, but I'm working on something. I know when you write your pencil tomorrow, it's gonna write with your pencil is gonna hurt, but there's some muscle developing. John, Acts, Romans, <clears throat> don't stop. First Corinthians, don't stop. Second Corinthians, Galatians, <clears throat> Ephesians, <clears throat> Philippians, <clears throat> Colossians. First Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, First Timothy, ah, Second Timothy, ah, Titus, ah, Philemon. Thank you, I got my help. Hebrews, James, First and Second Peter, First, Second and Third John, Jude and Revelations. Work the muscle. You may sweat a little bit. But God is saying when we stay committed day by day, moment by moment, one day at a time to renew our mind, there will come a point where your spiritual discipline, while it hurts when you're curling, sooner or later, it's going to feel like devotion where you're not running from the gym, but you're running to the gym. See, when I go, my hardest part of working out is getting to the gym. We find excuses. I want to eat. I want a banana. I want my special water. All of these various things and excuses that I try to make that my flesh tries to tell me, don't do it. Why don't you go pray to God? Nope, exercise appropriately. But here's the thing. Every time I go to the gym, when I leave, I never regret that decision. Every time I go to the gym and exercise in my physical discipline, when I leave, I don't regret that decision. See, we can work out whether it's spiritually or physically. Sometimes when we work out, I hit the gym and say, whoo, I killed it today. 
And other times I leave while I don't feel like I um, regret my decision. It does feel like I wasted my time. I didn't give my best. I didn't run. I cut it a little bit short or I stayed too long. And God is saying, wherever you are, make it regular. Make it a part of your routine. But you got to stay consistent. You are honoring him. He sees it because your worship to him is not just an event. It is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. Not, it's not just a diet we're doing for 20 days, but God wants to make a lifestyle change in your heart. Worship. We produce new worship. We produce fresh worship. When we renew our mind, it leads to a changed heart. Worship him. Good days, bad days, but keep pounding. One book at a time, one chapter at a time, one verse at a time. Personal worship. You have a motivation. You know the manner. But now we got to build the muscle. See, if you go ahead and bring up Revelations chapter 3, verse 19, and we're going to get ready to close. Verse 19. See, when we bought gold from God, when we were able to buy our white garments from God, then you can see verse 19. Put this on the screen. It says, I correct and discipline everyone I love. We're going to come back to that. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Again, I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be different and turn from your indifference. See, the word love stuck out to me there. I correct and I discipline everyone I love, Papa John. See, this love, now we got all these terms on love. This is not God's agape love. This is not God talking about his unconditional love, but this is a conditional love. This is a representation of our friendship love. This is about a connection with him. You've been through the fire. You put on the comments. You made a sacrifice. Now, when you welcome in the presence, I can do the work. See, the unconditional love will stay there, but this represents being a friend of God, that you're in a sonship with him. Proverbs chapter 3 talks about this as well. Because the Lord disciplined those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. See, real relationship, real worship, there has to be discipline. There can't just be gifts and candy. A a part of love from a father to a son, from a father to a daughter, there has to be correction. And God is saying when you're willing to make this change, to cast away your nakedness, your shamefulness, and receive my garments of righteousness, I can do the work. I can do the work See, we love to quote verse 20, but you got to get context and read verse 14 and verse 19. So when we see verses like verse number 20, look, I stand at the door and knock because you've made the sacrifices for me to come in. You fulfilled the requirements for me to come in. 
because I've been knocking the whole time. But now, now that you got the garments, now that you can hear, my knock is available for you. You will hear my voice and open the door because your heart is right. You have made room for me. And he will come in and he will share a meal with you because it's not just agape love. It is a relationship with him because it's not just discipline. It is devotion because working out, when you work it long enough, it feels like worship. Worship to the point where you keep working out that it's something that you do. It is worship because I'm hot for God. I'm humble before him. I'm holy before him. I am open before him. I am obedient before him. I am transparent before him. And his exchange is to transform us. Last point. I'm not even sure if it's in my notes, but somebody put this in the comments. See, worship is not a part of your life. Worship is your life. Worship is not a part of your life, but worship is your life. Verse number 21, look at this. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne. Just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. My God, my God. He is saying that you're a king and a priest before him, that there is a room for you. You think God is coming into your house, but the real exchange is that we get to step into his house. There's a throne in God's house. There is a seat waiting on you. Worship him. Worship the Father. You know the motivation. You know the manner. But church, these last seven days, we got to work the muscle. You got to dig deeper. You got to push. You got to push. You got to push. You got to push. Keep curling. Listening to his voice. There is something about to change and we stay consistent when we renew our mind with the whole counsel, with the whole gospel before him. And there is a seat waiting on you. There is room. There are few laborers and there is so much harvest. Will you be the one Will you be the one? Will we be the church today that has real worship? Fasting is awesome. Prayer is awesome. And worship is imperative. So these next seven days, I know it sounds overwhelming. And sometimes it it looks like something that's unattainable. Here's my last takeaways. As we go into this week, stay sincere. We want to reach the ears of God, not impress him. Be real. Be authentic before him today. Number two, keep it simple. Flow and do what you know and ask God for direction. It's not about the length. It's not about what you can quote, but we're being humble, open, and transparent for him. 
And when you're done, you're done. No conditions, no judgment, just love. He honors your sacrifice. And number three, be consistent. Be consistent. Nothing works. Nothing changes without consistency. Stay with it. That's why we fast for 20 days because we're trying to create a new habit. If we just did it on Sundays, we'll forget by Tuesday. But it's 21 days of intentionality going after God that we can drop. Maybe it's not even developing new habits. We need to just drop some new habits. Consistency. And to be persistent. Your faith is revealed. Your faith is displayed based on your ability to just hang on, based on your ability to just show up. God, I woke up today. I'm just going to make you first. I'm not going to check my notifications, but I want to make you first. I'm going to read this devotion. I'm going to push away the plate. I'm hungry, but I'm hungry for you. So together for these next seven days, Let's take our worship to the next level. He's ready. Don't cheat the system. A part of fasting, a fast is not a fast unless it hurts. A part of building muscles, you're tearing down muscles before you build them up again. And I believe as we worship and we pray and we disconnect from the world and we connect to God, that he can open up the windows of heaven that he can begin to show us the things that are available for us. Keep it simple. Stay sincere. Be consistent. Reach out to others in our community as we do this together. Let us pray. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the word today. Lord, we call forth a new realm, a new dimension of personal worship. God, you're not impressed with our deeds. God, you're not impressed with the amount of scriptures that we can retain, but you're impressed with the scriptures that we demonstrate. Lord, I pray that our worship goes to another level and another dimension. For some of us, we need to push away some of these secular musics and get back some real worship music to be able to usher in our commitment to you. Lord, I call for those that we don't get caught up in news and scrolls and scrolling on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, but we become committed to your word that we come committed to your 66 books that's able to bring revelation, light, and hope, and joy, and glory to your people. Lord, I pray that you restore the joy of our salvation for those that are listening, that we become to take hold of the mercies of God. Lord, it sounds like a lot when we're giving up our mind, our hearts, and our wills and emotions. But there is nothing, anything that we give to you that you'll give it back to us, pressed down, shaken together, that it'll be running over. Lord, that you're able to restore our walk, that you're able to bring alignment in 2021.
Lord, I thank you in advance for restoration in families. Lord, I thank you in advance that you're restoring marriages. I thank you in advance that dreams are coming back alive. Lord, I thank you that for every vision, that provision is on the way. But you've just called us to follow you. For you've just called us to follow your principles. You've just called us to be more like you. You've just called us to be the example, to follow you during this time. So, Lord, I just pray for supernatural strength for your people for these last seven days. That for every temptation that comes, that you have already made a way of escape. You have already delivered them from the hands of the enemy. And Lord, we thank you that as they say no to the devil and yes to you, that you're going to reward them, that you're going to bless their sasa, that you're going to exceed everything that they have believed, that you would use them to be an example in such a time as this. For many are called, but Lord, you have chosen us for this season. So for those that have messed up, for those that have fallen, Lord, we tell them and we allow them to receive that there is no condemnation here, that we can rise up again, that the body of Christ will begin to serve you, that the body of Christ will be able to seek you because your plans and your promises and your purposes are still in attack. Lord, we pray for the body of Christ of diverse city that we work together, that we be an example not only to this city, but to the community and to the nation. Lord, we pray against any spirit of division. Lord, we pray against any spirit of distraction. And Lord, we rise up the spirit of destiny as we make a commitment to worship you. Lord, I pray for deep wells to stir up in the hearts of your people today that as we push away the plate that we see a new hunger for you that there is a new level of obedience to you and as a result you will receive our exchange and we will be purified that we will receive our garments of praise, that we will receive our crown of righteousness, that we will receive our coat of many colors, that we will receive your favor, your mercy, and your grace. And it will be demonstrated as we continue to work our muscles. Lord, I pray that we're able to overcome our pains and our pleasures and your purpose will be prevail. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, if you receive something out of the word today, let me know in the comments. Let's do this together. I am excited. Diversity, it has been a pleasure to be here today. Again, continue to reach out in the comments. Email us at office at diversity dot com or diversity.church engage in our YouTube inspirations, our Facebook inspirations. Take some time, one to two minutes a day to join us on our prayer directives and let's finish strong. There is no doubt in my heart that 2021 is going to be amazing. 
that God has given us everything that we need to be great. But it's going to be based on our obedience and our willingness to walk in it. So let's remain strong and do this together. I love you and I'm praying for you. Pray for me, pray for our body, and let's walk out the abundant life in Christ together. Psalms 19, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in his sight. For he is our Lord, our strength, and our Redeemer. God bless you. Take care.